Hello residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. Johnny Washington. And today we're going to be looking at a review of Race Arcana, then we're going to be looking at the 10 games that we feel like need to be in every single person's collection. So thanks for joining us for episode number 17. Alright, Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with a giant shirt that says, Me. And he's got a sign that says, It's all about me, baby. It's all about me. <laughs> what? What is that? It's based on your intro that you just had. Because you literally were like, we're, we're going to be doing at the end of this episode our top like essential games. And it's for fun. But apparently Dean thinks it's emphatic that you have to have these 10 games. So it's all about him, I guess. These are going to be the most amazing games. And they're going to blow your mind. You're going to say... Why don't I have all 10 of these games in my collection? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, the funny part, we'll get to this later, but when John and I were making this list, this is a collaborative list of 10 that we came up together. We couldn't even really agree on the 10. That's so. why it's all about him. I just had to keep saying, like, okay, Dean, let's go with yours, because you're like, we're doing it. This is what we have do to do. Do whatever you want. That's not true at all, but uh, he is wearing it. It's all about me. And I'm Johnny Washington today, because I'm heading to Washington this week. How about that? Washington State. Washington State, that's right. I'm flying into old Portland and heading on to Washington. So, man, it's a beautiful area of the country, and I enjoy every time I get to go up there. How about you? Yeah. It's <laughs> a weird question. I, was, I know. I did that just to see if you would like, you know, whenever someone says, like, have a nice flight, and you tell the stewardess who's not flying, have a nice flight. Like, it's just your automatic response. I mean, she. I kind of got that out of you right then. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really love that area of the country as well. I think it's so beautiful up there. So, we, I, I spent a week in Portland. That's really the only time I've been up there. But then we drove up to. Um, I forget what it's called. It's where they filmed uh, Goonies. Mm, uh, I don't. Oh my goodness! Astor, Astoria, is that right? Uh, dude, if I I should know this, and I feel like I'm. I think drawing a blank, bro. I think that's right. But if you get to go to Astoria, it's beautiful, and you get to go to the house where yeah. Goonies was filmed, and then like both houses, like. Um, How great is that movie? It's amazing. It's. it's it's fantastic. It, it, it really is one of my favorite movies from the If 80s. you've never seen Goonies, you, you don't know what you're missing. Or there was, there was a do. song. Yeah, that's right. Astoria. Hello, Astoria is a... Uh, <laughs> man, my wife, if she listened to this podcast, would be shaking her head right now. <laughs> it's one of her like favorite bands. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Like, Taking Back Sunday or something. I'm oh, the worst. Yeah. Man, I'm the worst when the, it comes to music. You're the worst so. husband there is. Ataris? Ataris. The uh, Atari. Yeah, dude. Man, if there's man, only, if only there was a way to. All right, you start talking. Everyone here is like, "What? <laughs> How did these guys not know these things?" All right, so let's move on to a poll. Why Dean types and tries to figure out. You're not talking about Arcade Fire, are you? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't really either. Dang it. <laughs> All right, so I last week. The, well, two weeks ago when we did our last podcast, we did which uh, Kinnerspiel de Jars game would do you prefer and Meeple, not Meeple Town, <laughs> Wingspan <laughs> won by a landslide. Sorry, I'm looking at the word Meeple Town here and that just is what happened right then. So once again, we have a landslide winner. This time I said, which Spiel de Jars nominate, nominee do you prefer? Where words, Llama, just one. Dean, which one dominated? 
Uh, just one. Yeah, 82%. It I actually didn't see this one at all, but that's... Um, I've played... Uh, I've not played Llama, I guess, but Just One's a really fun game. And I would imagine that a lot of people haven't played Llama since... I think it's only available in Germany. Um, I think. I might be wrong about that, but it seems like probably more people have played Just One. I have played exactly zero of these games. So, that's for my expertise. How about that? You know what was interesting? It's so long, Astoria. Not hello, so, Astoria. Oh, well, hey. It is the Ataris, though. Okay, well, they're good. Right. Good job. <laughs> Proceed. Good, good job, Dean. <laughs> so here's here's what's interesting, though, I think, about the poll, is that it led to some discussion. Um, there's a few people that posted on the poll, and then um, I discussed this with a few people. What do you think about, because a lot of people was like, like, we have like a few comments here like it needs a none of the above option for this spiel de jars and um uh dave over at tabletop diary i think he said um do you still have a preference between things you that you dislike <laughs> what do you think about these spiel de jars like i'm are you excited about any of these really or, yes so you so you disagree with the whole and eh, these aren't it's not that i disagree with it it's just that every year the same thing happens where people kind of poo-poo on the spill de jars because they tend to be lighter family. I mean, that's, I, I think by definition, they're supposed to be family weight games. Every one of these are family weight games. Um, and I, I honestly, I'm looking forward to playing, to uh, playing Llama with my family, even though it's not, you know, it's not going to be one of my favorite games. I just think my family would enjoy it. And I, I like the other ones. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think those are, are great choices. And But they get poo-pooed every year because they tend to be lighter family weight games that a lot of people in our hobby can poo-poo those games, I think. Yeah, so um, I haven't played any of these, so I can't really say, honestly. Like, my first thought when I saw these nominate nominations, nominees, was meh. But, you know, hey, I haven't played them, so maybe they're amazing. Yeah, it's You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, so I really can't, I mean, I wish that I could sit here and just... Yeah, I think it's what you're, what you're looking for. You tend to like... Uh, you tend to like heavier games overall, yeah. um, and the guy who who poo pooed it <laughs> on Twitter does too, you know. And so Twitter I does who who tweeted at us, tweeted at us, uh, who who put that comment on on Twitter tends to like heavier games. So I think it's fine to to say you know that's not really my thing, uh, but I for sure think that that you're going to be in the minority in the grand scheme of things, right? So probably people who listen to this podcast or who listen to board game podcasts in general, probably tend to gravitate towards more strategic games. This is just, I don't know, Dean spitballing. No, you're, I think you're right. But then, like, I would say, overall, the game who wins the Spiel de Jars is going to explode in sales, if I had to guess. Whereas Kenner Spiel probably will too, but maybe not as much as Spiel de Jars. Um, I would love to be proven wrong on that. not Because I really, I just that's just my hunch. I would think that that's the case. But if somebody actually has stats on that, I'd love to hear, um, you know, what the Spiel de Jars does for game sales or or the Kenner Spiel. Cause I, you oh, know, it has to. Yeah. Well, I know it makes them explode, but, you know, the, in comparison, like Spiel de Jars versus oh, Kenner Spiel. Because yeah. I know that I noticed when the Kenner Spiel came out that uh, Carpe Diem started getting sold out. Yeah. I know a lot of people like you and I were waiting for the are waiting for the new release. Um, but I, I was looking everywhere and it was like, I mean, not everywhere. You can still get a copy of it, but they were selling like hotcakes just cause they were nominated. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, do you, th- do you think that that saying is outdated that they're selling like hotcakes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do hotcakes like, is that a big seller these days? 
Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe you if, you, if you had a good hot cake, I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I, I might be interested in it. I don't know. I just maybe we need a new saying. I mean, jeez. That's all I'm getting. I'm not coming down on you. I'm just saying maybe we need to update our saying in in the English language. Maybe we need to say it's selling like Krispy Kreme donuts or something like that. <laughs> selling like Krispy Kreme donuts. We got a Krispy Kreme in Murfreesboro where we live the other day. That's why it just popped up into my mind. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say this before we move on. I'm just going to run through the last several Spiel, Spiel de Jars winners, and I just want to get your gut reaction. Can I do that? Yeah. Azul. Oh, you just want me to spit Yeah, fire. I just want you to say like, yes, <clears throat> or meh, or whatever. I love Azul. I think he's great. King Domino. Yeah, I do. Code I names. Um, I do in the right circumstance. Camel Up? Have you played that? No, I don't really have an interest in that. Hanabi? I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah. Kingdom Builder? I got rid of it. Quirkle? <laughs> uh, I enjoy playing that with my wife. Dixit? I'd, I'd rather play Mysterium. Last one, Dominion. Love it. Dominion is the only one on that list I care much about. No, yeah. Code Names. No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm incorrect. Okay. I'm staying myself corrected. I, I, I love code names for a party game, and Azul is a pretty good game as well. Yeah. Um, and But Dominion is the one that really jumps to the top where I go, I love Dominion. Yeah, I'm wondering, I don't, I don't know, I want to delay this anymore, but Dominion seems like it could potentially be a Kennerspiel. Um, that's, well, that's what I thought. Especially like this year, because some years Kennerspiels are, are heavier, right? What, what was the what was the Kennerspiel that, that year for Dominion? Do you know uh, that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, okay. I've got the Spill de Jars winners. So it seems like you sometimes mean, Kenner are pretty stinking heavy, and then other years, not so much. Like, wasn't Quacks a Kennerspiel? Mm-mm. I don't. Uh, maybe it was. Yeah, oh, maybe it was. Should have looked up all this stuff. Before, oh my but. gosh, that's the, <laughs> just bad radio. Bad radio. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think it was. But it seems okay, like, no, you're right. It's Kennerspiel. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, so it was. I, can I give you the the last ones of those real quick? Yeah, and you can yeah, yeah. comment. Uh, Quacks. It's on my list to play. I haven't played it. Exit the game. Uh, I actually haven't played that. I've only played the unlock one. Isle of Sky. I really enjoyed that. The King. Mm-hmm. Broom Service, which I don't think either I of us have it, played no. that. Istanbul. Love it. Legends of Andor. I really enjoy that one. Village. One of my faves. Seven Wonders. Yep. So I, I, I tend to, I mean, by far I gravitate to the Kenner Spiel. And I, I usually, I don't think when I'm looking at this list, I go, I poo on any of these. Though I, I, Quacks is one I've never played, which I should have played by now. So I don't know what that's what that's like. But I'm, I definitely get much more excited about this list and go, yeah, these are some pretty good games. Yeah. Okay, Seven Wonders was Kenner what year? 2011. Oh, okay. Okay. So not the same years. Because you think about it, like, is is Seven Wonders that much heavier than Dominion? Uh, even though that's not the same year. No, it's not. I don't think so. It's interesting. But like, Dominion I, I, was back further. When did the, the Kinder Spill didn't come until 2011. That's the that's the issue. Oh, okay. So okay, Dominion was a Spill de Jars winner in 2009, I so think. So potentially it could have been a, a Kinder Exactly. Spiel. Okay. Exactly. That's when you get... So when you get go start going back, like, further, you start to see, like... Um, Thurn in Texas and all these other games and stuff okay. like that. Um, Carcassonne, even though that's pretty simple as well. But anyway. Yeah, that's fascinating. I would, I would love to sit in on those meetings where they're deciding what's going to be a Kenner and what's going to be a, a Spiel. I wonder if it's like a. I wonder if it's like just a, a fun conversation, and they're having a great time. Or if they're like, "No, this game is not going to get on the list." <laughs> a lot of yelling going on in that meeting. I don't know. Let's talk I mean, about some game. They probably game it right. Like, uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> all right. Maybe they roll dice. Maybe that's all they do. 
Maybe that's why we get disappointed. They're just like, eh, such as this versus this. Roll some dice. What you been playing lately, Mr. Dean? Well, let me talk about a couple games. One I've been playing is Super Punch Fighter. Uh, we got a review copy of this from Flat Hat Games, and we did a, uh, I did a, a YouTube video on this to kind of show how it plays. Uh, but Super Punch Fighter is kind of in the same vein as like a Cash and Guns, maybe a Survive or a um, Downfall of Pompeii, where it's just kind of silly fun. But Super Punch Fighter, you have this these cards in your hand, and you're basically mashing buttons by playing thumb tokens on they buttons. They try to make it kind of video game as very much, much as possible. Yeah, very much video game, as, as much as you can for a board game. Pretty I much. Think. And it is just silly fun. I... I enjoy this game. I know that this is not your style of game at all, uh, but I think it's fun for what it is. It's now there can be some downtime between turns, kind of like um, one of my issues. I really like King of Tokyo, but I think there can be some downtime in King of Tokyo that can be frustrating. I felt that way in this game too. Although you're still like you're doing stuff when it's not your turn, but it's possible to get some AP. Like if you're just playing this for fun, I think that's the way to do it. But if you, if you have somebody who's AP prone who has to really think through all the combos, uh, I probably wouldn't want to play with a group of six of those type of players. That's true. Because then you not only you have combos you're trying to get, but you can also just mash buttons and run away. So you yeah. can sit there thinking, okay, do I want to do this combo? Or do I, want to, do I want to chain this combo? Or do I want to do this one and then run away? Yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. I, I, it's, it isn't my, it isn't my style of game. I'm, yeah. I wasn't excited about it. Um, I did play a round of it, and I probably ruined Dean's experience of it. <laughs> I, I, and I apologize. No, I, I knew this is a game that I would like, um, but I was playing with the wrong people in this time. I actually wanted this game to play with. You know, I talked about my mancation group a couple weeks ago. I think this is one that we would have a lot of fun with on that trip. Um, but it's definitely not everybody's cup of tea. But I, I, it's cool because you can push buttons like you you know run up and punch somebody and then run away or you can or you can do that and then kind of like save up to build up for combos and yeah. stuff so i think it's it's neat for what it is i thought about it after we played and i wouldn't mind playing it again because i i feel like i just played terrible like i because i wasn't excited about it i just kind of went in guns blazing yeah and, and like just punch and punch and punch and instead of trying to figure out how to punch and run away and stuff but more like whiffing <laughs> yeah I was, it was it was not good and um and, and again it, it's if you don't like silly fun as dean said i don't you will not like this game no i mean I, I guess i survive might not be in that same category because no, i like survive yeah but i definitely it's a cash and guns type of game yeah for me yeah anyway it's definitely not definitely not for me but hey it is for some folk Everybody's got and they'll the love it. That no, that's the cool thing about games, right? Yeah, I may have the worst opinion ever. Yeah, a game I've been playing lately. <laughs> speaking of which. speaking of worst opinions ever, uh, nice segue uh, is my village. So you mentioned earlier that you really liked Village, mm -hmm. but you haven't played my village. Is that correct? No, I've had it on the radar, but it just hasn't grabbed me for some reason. So now that you have it, I really want to try it. Yeah, I got it for ten dollars on Cool Stuff Inc. Oh, nice. I think, or one okay. of those websites. I can't Sweet remember. Deal. Yeah, so hey, um, so if we're going to say worth it, totally worth it before I even start for $10. <laughs> uh, most games are worth $10 for me. Um, yeah, for sure. So in my village, uh, it's different than village if you've played village in that this is really an open sandbox type game. You have a village in the center of your table and you can kind of go any direction you want. You can try to get resources to sell them at the market. You can go heavy in the church and getting monks. You can go travel. So it has elements of 
village like that, the same kind of the same elements of it, but it's just more open to what you want to do. Because in village, you're picking up the cubes and you're having to do the actions based on how those. This is just wide open. You do whatever you want. It is a dice, um, so you're rolling dice in a dice um, worker action game, so worker placement game. So depending on what you roll, you're picking up a couple dice and you're doing this action, doing that action. Um, I quite enjoyed the game actually. I, I thought it was really fun. It didn't like blow my mind, and I wasn't going, "Wow, this is the greatest." I still think that I like Village better, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I quite like Village. But for man, for if you could get a hold of it for ten bucks and you like classic Euro games, it's a very solid game. I think you would like it. I, I don't know if you would like it more than Village, but I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, I, I'm trying to think of it. You know, how does it compare to other dice drafting games? I guess. It, you know, like, like okay, let's compare the... it to. I think I liked it better. I liked it better than Marco Polo. Okay, well, di- that's dice placement. Oh, I dice. thought that's what. You, well, it is dice placement. Oh, okay. that's that's why we were on the. On oh, okay. The, on I'm a, sorry, I had on dice a different on a different mind, wavelength so. there. Yeah. So okay. yeah, it's a dice placement worker. Dice placement. Worker, okay. Dice worker placement. Okay. Blah blah blah. What do you <laughs> want to say? <laughs> Whatever you wants to call it. Um. So yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I like it better than that. So. Yeah, I. My biggest beef on that, the reason why, um, why I haven't really checked it out, is when you look at it, it doesn't grab me. I guess with like, you know, a lot of games use different resources. Oh yeah, you want to? You want just one one cylinder for the resources, and I don't know why. Like I'm sure that's not a big deal, but for some reason, that's a reason why it didn't really grab me. Yeah, whenever you're doing the on the resources, you put it on the card to mark that you have that resource, right? Instead of just taking it. So if you have if you got a horse or a buggy or whatever, you mark it as you got one horse or buggy with that cylinder. Yeah. So it's not terrible, but uh, but whenever you're getting gold or coins or whatever, it's just they're just black cylinders. Right. So right. there's yeah yeah. Is that uh, that's also Inca and Marcus Brand that yeah. designed that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm. Yeah, I like their stuff, so I want to. I definitely want to. I do think you would like it. So I forgot to mention that Super Punch Fighter was Robert Klotz, um, who designed some things for Ashes, I believe. Um, I think that's right, but but that was his first big design that I could see. Um, The second game that I want to talk about is one that actually John and I played together. This is Mm, I'm probably going to get this wrong. It's oh uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm playing. I'm. I'm calling an audible here, changing things up. Okay. So, uh, Die Tavernen im Tiefental. It's the 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 tavern Sounds of the me. Deep Valley, I think is what this is. Uh, this is a game by Wolfgang Warsh, um, which I think, John, you're a pretty big Wolfgang Warsh fan. Well, no. <laughs> 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 I thought you were. Okay. We've, you, we've, been, we've like, been on a different wavelength yeah. throughout this episode thus far. You what? like um, the clever, what's the clever game? Okay, so I, I do not dislike Wolf Game Wars. I do like Ganshan Clever. Um, I, you know, the mind has grown on me a little bit, but I don't get overly excited about it. I've yeah. played Illusion. I don't really care that much for it, but it's fun. Like, he's made some games that, like, I pull out semi-regularly just because they're so fast and simple to play with folks. Gonshan Clever is my favorite thus far. Maybe, maybe this, but let's just talk about it first. Well, let you I talk think about it first. I know which one is my favorite. Um, so, in Die Tavern in, in Teeth and Tall, sorry, but I think it's the the Tavern of of the Deep Valley or something like that. And this this will come from to the U.S. I think it's supposed to come later in the year to um, by North Star Games. Um, so we got this from Germany and. In this game, you are building up your tavern, and you're doing that by building up your deck, 
and you're going to be doing some dice drafting. There's actually a lot of different mechanics in this game. Sure, yeah. There's a big... Um, so when you when you build up your deck, what you're doing is you're flipping over your cards until you fill up the seats in your tavern. And then once you have those cards flipped up, that's going to show you what kind of actions that you're going to take or, or what kind of resources you're going to be able to gain. And then you're going to be drafting dice, and those dice are going to be placed onto your board to correspond with those action spaces. For example, let's say I want gold. Well, if I flip over a card that allows me to get gold, and then I look at the dice that I've drafted, and let's say I have a, a card with the number six on there. If I draft a six, I can place it on that card, and that's going to give me that many gold. Uh, it's a pretty simple game, and we actually we want to do a, a full review of this, whether it's on the podcast or on YouTube. At some point, we're going to do a full review, but we really want to play through all of the modules. Um, so there's the base game, and then it's four or five modules yeah. uh, built in. We've played with one of them. Uh, the the base game is it's not light, but it's on the lighter side, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I like this game. I think it's fun. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it better than Gonshan Clever. So there you go. <laughs> um, I I but Dean is a hundred percent right. Like I I immediately felt like if they didn't have the modules, it would be way too samey. It's 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 light enough to where you would probably be doing a lot of the same things and feeling like you know fulfilling your customer's order, getting beer, making money, yeah. But the modules we played a just did we play one or two different modules? We just played one. We just played one, one. Yeah, and it definitely schnapps, it not yeah with the schnapps it it kicked it up a schnapp. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Wow. Uh, anywho, it definitely did. So it it really intrigues me to add the other modules. And you keep all of them in. Is that correct, Dean? So we would keep schnapps in and then yeah. add another one on top of that? Yeah, so it's not one that you can just like move the modules in and out, like kind of pick and choose as you like. If you want to play with a third one, you have to play with modules two and one in order to be able to play with that. So, so they build on each other. It's very possible this game is excellent. I can't say that yet because I haven't played with the modules. Um, if it adds enough to get to lose some of the sameness that I'm afraid of, um, which I think it does. That's why they have the modules, yeah. I'm assuming. So yeah, two I thumbs up so. based on my first experience. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that probably the, all the modules are pretty simple, which is a big plus for me because I, I kind of like that with expansions. If you can add like a simple... Oh, I love it. You know, another simple piece to the game... But then if the modules build on each other and make it, you know, a more grandiose, robust experience, I think wow. that's great. So I'm, I'm with you. I think nice this could language. be excellent given, you know, playing all the modules. But this theme really draws me for some reason. The, the oh, tavern cool. theme I really like. So. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I mean, I like um, building your hand, you know, hand management and all that stuff. That's fun, man. Yeah. It's it's um it's it was it was really fun. Yep. It was really fun. Way to go, Wolfgang Warsh. Yeah, way to go. Even How, though John doesn't like any of your That other is games, not true. So. <laughs> I like it. I just the way you made it sound like I was like a big fan, you thought, and I don't think I'm a big fan. We both really want to play Quacks, which is There's a lot of games I haven't played of his, so yeah. I I'm I'm kind of like neutral on it cuz I need to play more games. Right, right. So, and anyway. I've played a lot of his lighter stuff. What you been playing? So the other game, speaking of lighter games, man, the segues are flowing today. <laughs> uh, anyways, is Spirits of the Wild. It's a game. It's a two-player game. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. It's by Mattel. How about that, Dean? Yeah, they put out some good stuff, actually. You know, I don't, one of, I don't one know. One of my favorite games to play with my son is by Mattel. Mm, what is that? It is the... <laughs> 
I knew. Uh, I could see in his eyes he didn't know what it was. <laughs> that's one why of my favorites. That's right? why instead of him saying the name of the game, he had to say it's one of my favorites. It's yeah. It's something about Ghost. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, you're really oh, you're really man. selling it. You're really this selling me on it, Dean. Not good radio. You're today. selling me on it. Ghost right. fighting treasure hunters. Speaking of ghost fighting treasure hunters, let's talk about Spirits of the Wild. Go for it. So uh, it's a two player game, and in Spirits of the Wild, you have this bowl of stones and you're pulling out you're actually pulling out of a bag to fill this bowl of stones and then you're taking actions and they're card actions you've got six actions out on the table when you take an action that could be like take one stone you flip it over and you can't do that again until you're able to flip them all back over kind of like concordia or something um so you'll take a stone you take two stones or whatever and you're filling out this board and it's a set collection game so you're trying to fill out the board a beaver may require a pair of the same or three of a kind or something like that and you score points based on that or you may have another one that you're filling out where you get it's a you get more points for every like different stone colored stone you're putting on there so if you have two you get x amount of points if you have five you get x amount of points or whatever but it's cool too because you also have this like coyote thing that you're putting on other people's boards to block them from putting it into their uh to the beaver or to the turtle or whatever it doesn't it's got a little bit of take that like that but it doesn't feel that much because you can still do the other parts of it um it's a pretty light game for real, I mean, I mean, for sure, not for real. It's a very, very pretty light game for sure. But you know, I actually enjoyed it, and it's like eleven dollars and something on Amazon. That's why I picked it up. It's definitely not one of my favorites, or even my favorite two-player game. Not even a top ten, but I'm my favorite two by any stretch. But the game can only last like fifteen minutes sometimes, or most of the time. So my wife and I played three games back to back because it's just—I wouldn't say silly fun, but it's just quick fun. It's not heavy strategy, but I enjoy it. So if you like lighter games, like I really think you'll like this, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm interested in trying it out. And then actually, when we get done recording, I think that's what we're going to do. There we go. We're play we'll this, play Spirits so. of the Wild. So if you, again, if you like a little bit of a, a lighter game, and it's a two-player only game. So if you want something that you want to play with your spouse or something like that, and I think it would be, it's a great little pickup, especially because you can play it quick. Yeah, I want to check that out. All right, that is what we've been playing. Let's get to the overview and review of Race Arcana. Race Arcana is a 2-4 player game published in 2019 by Sandcastle Games. The designer is Tom Lehman. The artist is Julian Delval. For ages 12 and up, plays in 20-60 to 60 minutes. In Race Arcana, players take on the role of mages vying for control over ancient monuments and places of power by using essences to build artifacts, activate powers, and command dragons. The first player to 10 points triggers the end of the game, and the player with the most points wins. Players start with a deck of 8 artifact cards and will not gain more throughout the game. On their turn, a player will first start by collecting resources called essences. Next, players will go around taking turns in order performing one action at a time until all players pass. An action might consist of playing the cost and paying an artifact which will often give special abilities, more actions, resources in future rounds, or victory points. They can also pay 4 gold to buy monument cards, which are similar to artifact cards but available to all players, and they also typically give more victory points. A player can also pay resources in order to buy one of the Places of Power tiles, and these tiles act a lot like the artifact tiles or the monument cards, but they're a little bit different in the sense that they really are the driving force behind gaining a lot of victory points. So for example, one of the tiles that you might purchase might say a green 
resource on that tile will give you a victory point at the end of the game. And so what you're trying to do for that tile specifically is to gain a lot of green resources onto that place of power. And you do that by taking the action listed on the, uh, on the tile. Players can also play an action on a card which often requires payment of resources. Many of these actions require the player to turn the card sideways to signify its action has been taken this round. Once a player has passed, they'll turn their magic item in for another available one on the display, and these either give resources or actions for players to take the next round. Players will continue like this until the game end is triggered by gaining 10 points. The game is simple, but it's all about building a quick, effective engine in order to quickly gain victory points. And that's really the essence of the game, so let's get back and see our thoughts on Race Arcana. All right, so actually, even though I'm introducing this, I think Dean is the one who suggested that I pick up the game that we're going to review. Isn't that true, Dean? Yeah, I mean, it didn't take much convincing. No, it didn't. You said, hey, I need to meet this threshold for shipping. And that's I said, right. Race Arcana. And that's one you had already been thinking about anyway. So. It, 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 yeah, it is. So that was one of those where Dean was probably like, hey, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I want to buy this one, but if I can convince John to, then we can definitely play it. Yep, I'm all for that. So I was interested in this simply because it's a Thomas Lehman game. And I am a huge Roll for the Galaxy fan. Dean, you as well? Love Roll for the Galaxy. Um, and Race I'm a, for the Galaxy doesn't grab me as much. It hasn't been my favorite. I don't. It's not an awful game. It's just not one of my favorites. I'm a pretty big Race for the Galaxy. I'm a decent Race for the Galaxy fan. Let's say that. I like Roll better for sure. And, but Race is a, a solid game as well. So I also watched some um, video reviews of Race Arcana. And I remember watching Rotto say that it was maybe his favorite of the Thomas Lehman games, like of, of at least the games like Race for the Galaxy and Jump Drive and stuff like that. So yeah. it that that kind of put me over the top to say, yeah. But here's the interesting thing. I also re watched some reviews where people just didn't like this at all. So, hey, that's a little cliffhanger. Cliffhanger? Will Meeple Town like this or dislike <laughs> it? But it really, I actually almost, Dean, whenever you mentioned it, I watched two video reviews that were fairly negative and I said nah I'm not getting it and then I just like let's just see if Rado has something and he did and he's like I love it so that's uh, went ahead and I was like, okay I'm gonna give it a shot yeah yeah so let's dive into it you all think? right let's talk about the art and components to start off you want me to go first you want to go let me start go for it man I think the <laughs> I'm just trying to think about the art I'm not looking at the the box right now the, art, the art's fine um, I think it's it's probably good art. It's it's good art. Okay. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna go grab the box. Yeah, I think I think the art probably is good. Um, the components overall, I'm pretty happy with. So I like the I like. Oh yeah, now I'm looking at the box. That is cool art. And it's the same. That's the same art that you're using for on the, the cards. Mages on yeah, the cards. it is. Uh, so I think I think that's pretty cool. I like the insert. Which is maybe a weird thing to talk about, but the resource insert I think is great. You know, you always bring that up. You always bring up the inserts and stuff. And it's interesting that I don't think about that, but you always do. But I think it's important. Yeah. I mostly do if it's really bad or if it's very like, good. Really good. So like, you know, the the plastic trays for the resources, they didn't have to do that. They could have just dumped it in a bag and I and I just wouldn't have mentioned it. But because they did do it this way where it's more organized, I think that was a, a plus for them. But the card quality, uh, no good, no, no good. Bueno. For a game like this, this this is a big pet peeve of mine. When you have a game where you have to shuffle the cards a lot or just handle the cards a lot, make a 
it's a card game. Like, make good quality cards. Yep. It, you know, preferably linen finish or something like that. But I realize you can't do that on everything. But still, they're just thin. They're, they're, yeah, they're just not. Man, that was a th- that was the. So I like the art a lot. Actually, in this game, I wouldn't say it's the best ever or anything, but it's it's very good art. But as soon as I I sleeve them immediately. As soon as I picked them up, I went what? Like it was the same quality as like the mind that I got for ten dollars. And no, I, it's and, worse than the mind. It may be. I think. I remember because my and, but my mind cards are all chipping and jacked up on the edges where I oh, where okay. I where I've shuffled them, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, the component, the um, elements and stuff, the little wooden pieces, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Every, and the even the card stock on the monument. I don't know what are the, what are those called in the middle of the board? Probably the monuments. Are they the, called monuments? Are you talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about where you get the victory points, the main things. Yeah, the monuments. Yeah, those, yeah, the ones in that the, you have sleeved in the red sleeves. Those are monuments. Oh, those are monuments. That's not what the I'm other ones are about. like tiles. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the, you're trying to score victory points with them in the middle, and I'm not talking about the the monuments. My bad, Dean. I should have known what those were called. Anywho, that's nice and thick cardboard. When you're choosing the your bonus action for that round, it's nice thick cardboard. Sure why they skimped on those man it's it was a huge disappointment yeah i don't you know obviously we have nothing we have no idea what goes into producing to manufacturing you know how that affects the cost i'm sure obviously better cards are going to cost more money but how much different that is um it's i don't know it's it is it's just kind of frustrating that that a card game would not have good cards yep yeah i agree i agree so sleeve them immediately yeah Yep, I think so. What about gameplay, though? Can you hand me the box? Nope. Let's just talk about that on the radio. <laughs> I just, the reason I'm asking for the box is because I want to make sure that I call things the right things and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about gameplay while I grab this real like, quick? Good radio. <laughs> all right, so the gameplay, I think, is fun. It's it's a race game. Maybe that's why they call it Race Arcana. Like, uh, like Race for the Galaxy? No. It's not... <laughs> It's spelled differently. Is it's that Latin. Latin for race. Do you know what it means? No, I don't. Uh, like the secret thing or something like the that. Secret race. Because so you're because sec- you're going for those for your secret artifacts because they're oh, all okay. called artifacts or whatever. Yeah, I think I think the gameplay is fun. If you like um, card engine building games, that's exactly what this is. But it's it's a short game. I, th- I think you know two player game. You can probably play what thirty to forty five minutes. Yeah, for sure. If you're good, thirty minutes. If yeah, you're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you get to know all the cards and know the mages and how they play off of each other, I think it's good. I I really enjoy. So I've played this quite a few times now, and I I've played it where you don't draft and you're just getting random cards, and I think that's fun. But drafting is for sure the way to go because you can kind of it's. You're you're choosing as best you can. So you have you know four cards a piece. Then you're gonna draft those around, and then grab another four cards, draft those around, and then you're gonna play with those eight cards. But you shuffle them up, and you're just gonna grab three and start playing with those. Yeah. So what Dean's talking about is, and again, uh, Dean said it's a race game. You're racing to ten points, and the uh, initial rules or whatever the base rules, whatever you want to call them, have you like just getting eight random cards. And trying to figure out, and I believe the deck is 30-something cards. I know it's 30-something cards. I can't remember exactly what it is. So um, you're getting eight cards, and that's all you have for the entire game. Right, which is so weird. It's so weird. I just, and this is, when I heard the Not neg- in a bad way, by the way. That's It's just uh, strange. Maybe a bad way. I don't love it. Okay, all right. The, the, the couple bad reviews that I listened to, that's the way they played. And it left a bad taste in their mouth because... 
there's there is the excitement about getting eight cards and going how can i build an engine out of these eight cards whether they connect or don't connect can i figure this out yeah that's that is kind of fun but you can get hosed by your opponent having a beautiful engine handed to them and yours being terrible wait i don't think there's any way that you can come back from that is your issue with the eight cards or your issues with just getting eight random cards Eight oh. random cards mostly. Oh, okay. So you don't mind having eight cards? Oh no, no. It's not. It's yeah. Not, no, it doesn't. It's not. No. It's it's that it's that if when you get eight random cards, that you can get bad random cards, and then there is no way to add extra. Yeah. That's oh, what I oh, don't. Okay, that, I so you. it's a little of both, but it's primarily the fact. I don't. I don't mind the eight whenever you're drafting. I think that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I still think you know you can even with the drafting, it's possible to not get great cards that play off of each other well. Like the last game we played, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, it's just kind of a slower building engine, I guess. Um, and the thing is, you have to have a fast engine in this game. Oh my goodness. Otherwise you'll lose. Because um, you'll have a game where you can say, oh, wow, I have this great engine that if I have these dragon and creature cards out there, they're going to give me points based on this tile that I just yeah. drafted. But you've already lost because you <laughs> because it was so slow building. So the faster an engine you can build, I think that it's going to be a better payoff. For sure. Those places in the middle, the tiles are called places of power. <laughs> that was like the horror version of this. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you're getting victory points by A. So when your deck of deck, I guess, your small deck of eight It is. Cards, I mean, it is a deck of cards. Eight, that's just, it. Yeah, and you or are, your but, deck is only six because you start off with three in your hands. So yeah, that's, anyway. Yeah, well, you get um, your deck is only six because you start off with three. <laughs> oh, <in your hand. laughs> math! That's the second math. Okay, here's the thing. I'm actually good at math. I was my wife was just telling me this. Three yesterday. plus six is not eight. <laughs> I uh, there's no way I can come out of that one. Can oh I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Anywho, you have five in your in the in your draw pile. Correct. Um, so I guess your whole deck consists of eight cards, and then you have three that you draw, five in your draw draw pile, and you're only drawing. You also one do at get a, time, a you do get so. a mage as well. Right. So there's nine total cards, and the mage has a special ability. And you can buy monument cards, which can give you special abilities. That's so there's, true. So there's other ways to get cards other than just that. The Very, is, but it's difficult though. Yeah. I mean, when you get monuments, you might get two or three. Might. Okay, so I think I've played this game. I think six or seven times now, something like that. I might be wrong about it. Somewhere around there, one time have I built all of my cards, all eight of them out, and some monuments. I don't think I've done that any anymore. Yeah. Like I, the game that we, the last game that we played, I think I built six. Um, yeah, I built six total, so it's close. But I, I think even if you build all eight cards, it's going to be quick after that that the game ends probably. Yeah, probably. And one one piece that I like about that is like if you do end up getting stuck and you will most likely get stuck with a card you don't really need in your engine, mm-hmm. even if you draft. Like you're going to probably get stuck with it. One of the cool things is, is that you can discard yeah, that card yeah. and get um resources. And so it doesn't feel like you're just getting nothing, you know. And so that's that's really cool. One other interesting thing is is that at the end of each round, you're only picking up one card. Now you're you're you have a really small deck, like Dean said. You've only got five, but you're. It's, it's not just like sorting through a whole bunch of cards. Now there's a, there's a few special powers that you can get because you're also gonna you're also gonna draft a special power that might give you resources that might say, 
you can reanimate one of your cards that you've already tapped or you've already used. It may say you can transmute three of your resources into three of whatever other resource that you want or something. So there are ways to have other you know special abilities and special powers. But uh, I don't know. I think that I do enjoy how it doesn't feel overwhelming. The whole point of this game is how can I build the most efficient as quick as possible quick engine, to victory yeah. points. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm not very good at those type of games. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. So last last episode we talked about Imperial Settlers and um, and Everdell, and in those games you're also trying to build efficient engines based on cards, but it's a set number of rounds as opposed to this. This is a very different way of thinking of it because if you have a set number of rounds, you can build a slower engine if, and and you can kind of pace yourself. Whereas this game. You don't. You can't really pace yourself. Like you just have to think. What's the quickest way? And ten points isn't very much. So what's the yeah. quickest way? Can I get these? Is it, you know, building this really strong gold engine and buying a bunch of monuments? Is it getting all the resources to buy up one of those uh, places of power? Places of power. <laughs> and then putting those same resources on those cards. You know, but you just you look at your cards and you have to say this is the best engine that I can build based on what I have. That's the game. Yep, that's absolutely the game, and so it's a pure, it's a pure engine building. Like in that sense, it's very pure. Pure engine building, pure race. Yep. One, two, three, let's go. And what I like about that is, you really have to pay attention to what your opponent's doing. It, I, I think you do. I mean, you could maybe say, "Who cares?" But you have to see how fast they're moving as well. Yes. And you have to be like, mm, and pacing yourself. And there are, to take that cards. Mm-hmm. So there are dragons in this game. And if you um, use your dragon, they may have to get rid of two life or green elements, which they can use to build things with. Right. Unless they have something that can block it. Protection, which is one of the bonuses that you can get or different mages or that can block it or whatever. But you can attack them. Um, but but you're not just crushing them unless no. you had multiple dragons, which is high, probably unlikely. Maybe two at the most. You're only gonna be able to attack like maybe once per turn, probably maybe twice. Unless you can reanimate and then attack. Yeah, again you could figure like out that, if but... you wanted to build some kind of a dragon engine, if you could draft him or whatever, that would be interesting and just yeah. keep attacking and be annoying. I've not experienced that. I haven't either. Even in one of the games, we had a total of, I guess it was four, four dragons. So I th- and I think it kind of divvied out equally so two apiece even in that game i don't think it was a huge hit on the attacks yeah um, that the attacks happened for sure but it wasn't like the main part of the game i think it was yeah it, the the biggest part was getting those points for the the place of power that gave you points for dragon that's where it really came into play but the there's player interaction but it's not like it's not for the most part, not tear down everything that you're building up. No, it's not that. It's not that. But there's also like racing, like you said, to the places of power. There's also the element of trying to get those bonus. Every every round you get an extra action, but you have to trade in your old action to get a new action. So you have to watch what they're doing because they may... Um, it also, what's interesting is, I say that because it goes right along with this, is when you finish your round first, you get this little first player token, which then allows you to pick what um which power you want next but the interesting thing is is maybe you want the power that your opponent dean has and so you want him to go first so that he gets rid of that power so that you can pick it because you can't pick it if he hasn't put it back into the center right right. but then also your first player token is a victory point right right so like you may want to keep it because you need that victory point to hit 10 so 
there's a lot of really cool decisions and choices as this game progresses. It has the feeling as if this game was play-tested very thoroughly. Extremely thoroughly. And just... Uh, very meticulous planning in the in the design. So yeah. I, th- I think in that sense, uh, Thomas Lehman knocked that out of the park. You know, yeah. I think it's a very clean, uh, it's a very clean design. I think that was Rado's statement was that he felt like it was just kind of a culmination of sitting back and thinking about race and all these games that he's made and just saying, let me just make the cleanest, most efficient, like really well designed game. And that's. Um, I, I get what which he's I, saying. Which I, I get what true, he's saying. But yeah. this game is—I feel like this game is so different from those. Um, it's—it's it's an it feels a lot different, and it's a—and it's a race game. But it doesn't feel at all like those to to me anyway. It feels a little bit like those to me, but not overwhelming amount. So, how about we jump into some final thoughts? What do you think? All right. So, uh, we we mentioned this earlier. I really like um, I, I really like Roll for the Galaxy. It's it's one of my faves. We we did some some reviews on that in the past. There's even the games that Thomas Lehman has not designed. I really really want to try, and there's several of them. Right. This game, I don't know where where my expectation lied with this, but I I feel like I had I had expectations that I would like this, but not really like it. Hmm. I think the my expectations were met and potentially exceeded. I think uh, this game is a it's a seven and a half for me, which is a, I think a pretty high score. I enjoy lots of pieces of it. I mean, I, I like that there is replayability, and because you're only using so many cards out of the deck. You're only using so many mages. You can switch the places of power around. The monuments won't all get used. So I feel like in that sense, there's a lot of variability. This is game a game that I will not often turn down a play of. That being said, I think this could even get bumped up to an 8. Uh, maybe not higher than an 8, but, but at least an 8 with just more stuff. Uh, not even necessarily new things. You, not not necessarily like we talked about with the the tavern game earlier. Not with like modular type things or anything like that. Just more cards, more yeah. tiles. I think could really really ramp this game up. But I don't think as is it doesn't really need it. I'm just saying I think I could probably playing this game enough get to a point where I just want to see more and uh, you know for for it to to go higher or even stay the same. But anyway, seven and a half for me. That's a good score. You know I. When I look back at this game, and I, I'm going to think back, or think back, I'm going to reminisce on the reviews that I read that were negative about this game. And I'm going to say that the first time I played it, not doing the drafting variant, I was a little bit mad on the game. I was kind of like, man, it just felt like it felt like there, it was almost really good, <laughs> but there, I just didn't like how, again you could get lucky and just get eight cards that really was a sweet engine and your opponent just get hosed with cards that were just difficult to to maneuver and, and to work through. So I remember going, I don't know about this, but I did know that several people um, that I had read had really enjoyed the draft variant. So as soon as I played the draft variant, I said, Dean, why is this not the main way to play the game? <laughs> no clue why they didn't decide to do that right i mean i get i do get the thinkiness of here's eight cards figure it out man that seems like that should have not been the base because i'm afraid people are going to play this game read the base rules and go yeah it's okay and i agree with them if that was it i would say this is a six and a half something like that if it was just Here's eight cards and figure it out. 
What about I'm, you? I'm going to disagree with you in a second. And I want you to get all your thoughts out, but I but I'm not going to. I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you in a second, but I'm going to interrupt right so now. So I I get why that happens in games like this. I don't think it's so that you can I, I don't think the intention is okay, base your full opinion off of how this plays out by getting these cards. There's a lot of iconography on these cards. We didn't talk about that very much, but you have to your first game really refer to the rules quite a bit. I think it's It's not taking, race for the galaxy though. Right, no no no. It's not So it's don't not that don't bad. think that it's that bad. I don't think so. I think it's much easier than that. But I but there are a lot of icons and so Looking at the cards, it can be kind of overwhelming. I think it's helpful for that first play to just give be given the cards because when you look at the cards, you're like, "What is this? What am I? You know, how do I draft this if I don't really know how these cards play out?" So I get why I, get I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, I do. I agree with that one hundred percent. What I would write in the rule book is, "Here are the main rules we suggest for the first game." That's right. That's a, and that's what I didn't I like read the rule book, so I, they didn't do it. Okay, like we suggest yeah. for the first game, so it's a variant. Then. Yeah, it's a the the draft is a draft is a variant in the back of the rule book. Okay, and to me, I'm like, man, with how much this was play tested, why, 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 why was that not the main rules with what we what you said before, and what I was just mentioning at the beginning for your first game, take eight cards and learn how to play it. I I don't know. Um, anywho, I say all that to say with the draft variant, very good game. It's a very fun game. I mean, it's I like drafting cards. I like as you're drafting the cards, you're trying to figure out how to make your engine work. I like as Dean mentioned earlier, you get four, and you're picking out of those four, and there and then you're going to get four more later. So you have to build this engine without really knowing what the next four are going to be. I th- brilliant. I think yeah. that's a great way to draft. Yeah, it minimizes the AP. You don't have a lot of choices. You're kind of unsure what's going to happen next. That's exactly right. Love it. Yeah. Um, so for me. I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm giving this a seven and a half as well. Oh, okay. And I was I'm with you another hundred percent, which we don't we haven't agreed a hundred in a while, have we? <laughs> Not a hundred percent of the Not time. Not a hundred percent. Yeah, we haven't one hundred percent agreed one hundred percent of the time. No, um, that it, it, I thought about an eight on this game. I really did. I'm just going to say extremely solid seven and a half. I I really like it. If you like race. If you like Roll for the Galaxy, again, it's not the same game, right? But it has the same kind of vein, and 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 Layman does a great job. I think um, I'm going to go ahead and say that you can pick this up for under forty dollars, no problem. Um, several places, it's thirty two dollars, thirty three dollars. I think on Amazon right now it's thirty eight, but you can get it on some other websites cheaper, but you'll have to pay shipping. <laughs> but anywho, I say all that to say, to me, totally worth it. Thirty something bucks for this game. So the, yeah, the, if it was over forty, maybe not. I mean, the, the MSRP on this is forty, and I think gameplay wise, it's worth it if you like this style of game. My issue is with some of the component stuff that we talked about earlier. Yep. I mean, it seems like I I don't have anything to compare it to, but it seems like there are some cheaper games out there that are cards in wooden pieces. Yep. Potentially. And that's pretty much what this is. So, for me, I... I would have paid more for the better cards. I'd rather pay 40 for better cards than 32 for the not good cards. You would rather pay for the yeah, better cards? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. I would. I mean, I guess I could alternatively say I can pay 32 and then buy some sleeves for 3 or $4. And, I get, you know, maybe that's the thought process. Maybe yeah. they think people are going to sleeve it if they don't like the cards. Some people don't like sleeves. A lot of people don't like sleeves. So, anyway, I, I think maybe, maybe it's worth it. But you really, you just have to make that decision. Do I like 
quick engine building card games that you know and that's exactly what this is in the purest form and so. do you like races yeah exactly do you want to race to something sure yep. you know and some people like that some people don't sure. i don't generally love that right right yeah no but i think this I is it one in of this, the better though. ones for yeah, sure yeah i agree with that yeah and so it's rated um 7.9 and so I would just slightly, I guess, disagree with that, I guess. I mean, I gave it seven and a half. So it's, it's this pretty, is on Board Game Geek, rated 7.9. It's pretty high, I think so. But what about, okay, so the question we always ask is, if, if this isn't one that would potentially tickle your fancy, <laughs> if this is one that might be a little too heavy, the thing is the weight is 2.69. It's weighted lower. Uh, it's an easier game than Roll or Race for the Galaxy. Dang it. So you yeah, have I know. to take those off. I know. Well, that's the problem is, is I want to immediately say roll for the galaxy because i just think it's a superior game sure so i don't know if there necessarily is one that i would say i maybe everdale or imperial settlers that we mentioned recently those are also heavier yeah yeah so i don't know i i just don't think if you want kind of a i don't know if a gateway term or maybe you could play game sushi go for card drafting i mean you could take some mechanics but it's nothing like that nope (laughs) no it's not so for me i would say if you like this style of game and you want something that is kind of entry level, know that those icons might be a little bit of a barrier, but play one game and they're not, right? Because there's not, there's weird iconography, but it's not so much. I think they, they reused a lot of the icons, and I think they did an excellent job with the iconography. So I oh, would that's say, good. I would say this would be that entry level point. I would say that the answer to this may be a game that I haven't played, and that would be Jump Drive. Right, that's what I was Thomas thinking too, Lemon. but I haven't played I know, so, I, yeah. so that may be one, that's one that I want to look at, and that's only weighted at two, so, you know, it's a simpler race for the galaxy. So this may be, uh, may, maybe those who are playing it are going, no, that's not what it is, but that's what I hear. That's yeah. what the word around John's water cooler is. <laughs> but I would say if you don't necessarily like heavier games and you like this style, go for this. Go for Race Arcana. I think you will not be disappointed. But we both gave it a 7.5. We were not disappointed. Let's get on to our 10 games that we feel like people need to have in their collections. <laughs> All right, Meeple Town. I mentioned earlier in the episode that there are 10 games that everyone has to have in their collection. <laughs> has to have. <laughs> it's all about me, baby. <laughs> and this is said list. Now, you obviously don't have to have this list in your collection uh, to be a very happy person, but uh, we wanted to do a collaborative list of 10 games. This isn't a top 10 list. It's just 10 games we're going to throw out there that we really like and think that could be in a lot of people's collection. But some of these you might hear and say, that is totally not my style of game. We will not judge you for not having that in collection. No, in and, and I want to say, like, these lists are supposed to be fun. Fun. Like, sometimes people get bent out of shape and get super serious about these lists. Like, what do you mean? They're the 10 essential games that you need to have in everyone's collection. <laughs> hey, we're just having fun here. You know what I mean? Like, no, we're not. <laughs> no, is... See? Now, Dean is all about it's all about Deaners. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I just want to say that off the bat. So, whenever I thought about some of these, I, w- I picked games that I thought had some decent mass appeal. And I know that Dean, I don't know, was that part of yours? I mean, I know we did this list together, but because the yeah. reason I said that was I don't want to say something's essential if it's a really niche. And then I could say, eh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so I want to pick something I was like, you know what? I think a lot of people are going to like these games. That's why to me it's essential because I can bring them out anywhere. Yeah. I can go to all these different places and have these games. It was a struggle to make this list. Actually, we did start off with a top 10 list and then realized quickly 
it's really hard to rank a list like this when you're, you know, I, I think what we ended up kind of coming to is saying maybe if you were going to have a collection, these 10 games should be in there. Not that, you know, you have to, to rank them. Um, but Or if we were going to start a collection, we would have to make sure that these games were in the collection. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and, and, and that doesn't mean, as we mentioned earlier too, that they have to be gateway games or anything like that because right. you're starting. That's not. That's not. But if if someone who's into the hobby and really wants to get into it, this is a pretty solid list. I would say he, here's ten games that I would get and I would learn how to play. Yeah, and we'll kind of mention some other games as we go along. But let's go ahead and kick this thing off. All right, Dean, you're first, sir. All right. So the first one we had is our um, our party game. Woohoo! That's party game. And we put down Codenames by Vladis Vadal. So uh, Codenames is a game where you're going to lay out cards, and it's a team uh, a team playing game where you're going to have one person describing uh, or saying one word and a number. The word describes the tiles that are out on the table. The number describes how many tiles you're you're talking about. And so then the your teammates are trying to flip over or put a put a uh, marker on top of those cards that they think are yours. And each team has their own set of uh, of words or pictures or how, whichever version you're playing of this game. And that's it. The first one to cover up all of theirs wins the game. And it's just a fun, simple party yeah. game that I, it's been a big hit with a lot of different groups that I've played with. It has. I'm not like the hugest party game. Like I don't get super jacked, but I, I, I do get excited about playing games with people who don't normally play games. And to me, Codenames is a no-brainer. It's a game I can teach someone in a few minutes, and we can have and we can have a really great time playing. I I mean, out of all the party games, it's really high for my personal enjoyment. Yeah, this was an easy one for I, us I to do put enjoy on the list. It. I think I think there's a couple other ones. Just one is one that you could put on there. Um, Wits and wagers, but I think we wanted to make sure that we had a party game because it appeals to so many people. Sure does. It sure does. All right. So the next game that we want to have on our list that you have to have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, is Carcassonne. Uh, Carcassonne is a tile-laying tile game. You're just drawing tiles out of bags, putting them in this collective city that you're building, and then you're putting meeples on them to try to take the cities or the farms or the roads, and you score points at the end of the game. It's another game that's fairly simple that I bring out a lot as a gateway game, and I love Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. Like I personally just I think it's great. When you add the expansions, it's really fun. And I and I love how we mentioned earlier in the episode um, in the tav in tavern. I don't remember what I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. <laughs> that we enjoy games that uh, it can be simple and then maybe add modules to it. And Carcassonne's the epitome of that. Yeah, very simple game. But you add two or three expansions, and it can actually become a Kind of a meaty game. That's right. Yeah, there's a decent amount of complexity. Now, when you're talking about tile laying games, I don't think there's any question, honestly. Um, you know, if, you, if you're going to have one tile game in your collection, I feel like this really has to be Man, it. I mean, honestly. It does to me. I really enjoy um, Isle of Sky, and, and there's several others, but I think Carcassonne really just, it, it, it stands the test of time for me, for sure. Did I say Klaus Jurgen Reed? You did. Just okay, right well, I don't know if you I don't know, know if I did or not, but <laughs> let's let's give let's give him some let's give him some street cred. <laughs> All right, so our next game is a game by Donald X Vaccarino, which as soon as I say that name, you know which game I'm talking about, and that's Dominion. And this kind of fits the uh, the card playing deck building category of our list. Dominion is the purest form of deck building, I think. 
where you're just going to be drafting cards into your deck, shuffling them up, and playing cards out. Um, I know that you know this game can get kind of poo-pooed as as more and more deck builders come out uh, because there is you know that you do have the strong uh, gold uh, the gold strategy of this game that that people kind of poo-poo. But I'm I'm okay with it um, just because I like to explore this game. But honestly, if you're looking at deck building games. For me, this is my favorite, but there's lots of ones that you can add to this list, like Quest for El Dorado. Oh, sure. Um, you know, there's there's Ascension, there's uh, Clank, if you want to add an extra, you know, element of that. But anyway, for me, I would say Dominion probably needs to be in most collections. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that this is one of our choices that a lot of people could really say, no, I'd rather pick another one, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it's a classic. I think it's pretty fairly easy to teach. And um, just a blast to play. So and there's I so have, many combinations. Oh my gosh! That, so I, I love. That's another thing we want yeah. to have a lot of variability in these games. That um, you know, Carcassonne has a ton of expansions. This has lots of expansions as well. Yeah, I mean, I have no qualms with putting this on the list. I love it. Yeah, Dominion's a great, great game. I agree. All right, so the next one on our list is a card drafting game. The king of card drafting games. Yes. The uh, would you say? It's not the origin or the whatever, but I mean, it's it's really it put card drafting really up there, didn't it? I think so. Yeah, I'm trying I, to think. There's games before there that. were. I mean, Magic is probably like that. That card that's true. That's true. For yeah, forgive me, Magic fans for sure. No, seriously. <laughs> Neither one of us have played. We don't. Magic, yeah. so, I used but, to play Magic. Oh, you did. Oh, I did when I was in high school. Time. Yeah, another okay. another time. Um, so that's Seven Wonders by Antoine Bauza, and in it, you're just passing cards and you're building cities, uh, putting ancient wonders down, building militaries and stuff by simple card selection, and. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I, it's a it's a quality game. It's Seven Wonders is not like my favorite game anymore, but it's a very very good game, and I will never take it out of my collection. Yeah, it might be my favorite card drafting game. Maybe yeah, it could be. Um, but again, it's like that that pure. You know, it's a pure card drafting game in in the vein of like a, a a sushi go or something like that. But it's more complexity. And again, with the expansions, there's a lot uh, that you can add into this game. Yeah, it's you know so far all these games that I've listed, I've um, mostly anytime I've brought it out, it's been overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly received positively. Yep. Yeah, Dominion is the only one that I've, I've not had some, and it's simply because it's a little bit more complex. Yeah. So yeah, bring it out in the wrong. But anyways, still great. Another one that is quite the classic, and um, so far a lot of these have been um, gateway games, and this is no exception, <laughs> uh, but this is Pandemic, and there are lots of different games of Pandemic. There's expansions for Pandemic, uh, Lots of, uh, there's just a lot that you can add to. This is a, a Matt Leacock game, and in Pandemic, it's a cooperative game, so this is the cooperative game that we have on our list, uh, but you are working together to save the world from diseases, or... If you're playing Reign of Cthulhu, you're trying to save the world from the ancient old ones. Or if you're playing, uh, I don't know, the, the Fall of Rome, I think you're saving yourself from Rome. I've actually never played that <laughs> one, but, but I've it's not a played that one either. There's a different theme to it, but they all have the same like general idea. And I think you can kind of add any of these. Um, Pandemic: The Cure is the dice version game of this, which I think is a lot of fun too. But if you're looking at having a cooperative game in your collection. Now, this game isn't for everybody, but I think it's definitely a consideration if you don't have a cooperative game in your collection and you want to introduce that. I think this is probably at least the place to start. Sure. I don't know if it's my favorite cooperative game, but it's incredibly solid and has tons of mass appeal. I, 
you and know, there's a lot of stuff to add to it. Is another, you know, there's, there can be a lot of variability. Oh, heck yeah! You, you may say so far your list isn't too exciting. There's a reason why these games are classics. Yeah. There's a reason why they're staples because they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I can come up with a bunch of off the wall game and different game, this game or that game, and just to be different. But I'm gonna refuse to do that. You know, I think I think these are really great games, and I'm very happy with these selections. Yeah, I think they at least have to be considerations. <laughs> I right? think so. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying that they have to. That- <laughs> no, they, they, no way do these have to be anyone anyone's list, or do you have to have them? But um, I, this is why I believe that they're just so well known. Yeah. So let's let's pop over to uh, my maybe personal favorite worker placement game. Oh. And that is a Viticulture by Jamie Stegmeier. Oh, yeah. I love, love Viticulture. There's a lot of great worker placement games. This is one that I remember. So this came out in 2015. I remember the first time I played this game. I love the theme, by the way. I think the theme of having your own vineyard and all that stuff is so cool. I remember the first time I played this. I was just like, this is just a smooth really fun great game and you know you have to there's not a ton of places on the board so when you're playing with people they can hose you like I actually like that I don't like I I feel like I like player interaction I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you have to have a ton of player interaction in a game but I like a worker placement where man they took my spot and I and I really wish that I could have gotten that spot I enjoy that yeah yeah, this is uh, this is a really great game, and a, another one that there's once you add Tuscany, you add mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of variability through those module expansions. I think that's that's a lot of fun. Now, personally, if I was making this list by myself, I might say Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, uh, but it's really close because I really enjoy both of those games. But there's a ton a ton of worker placement options out there. I yes. just feel like Viticulture probably has more appeal than than some out there. That's that's why I went ahead and went with it. It's 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 close. There's probably some other. Like now that I'm thinking through, there's probably some other ones I like better for. But still, it's eight point one on Board Game Geek. It's ranked nineteenth overall. There's a reason why. Yep. All right. So the next game is because we are going to have a just a Stefan Feld category. He gets his own category <laughs> on our ten essential games. <laughs> And um, so this is Castles of Burgundy, and this goes in the Stefan Feld category. It actually goes into, like, uh, dice, you know, dice placement. There's, you know, different options of putting this in the category, but Castles of Burgundy is just a fun game, honestly. You are rolling dice, and you're going to be using those dice as actions, and so that might be to, to draft a... Uh, you know, a tile from the board, or use your dice to put that that tile onto your kingdom. It can be to sell goods. Lots of different options in this game, um, but it's just it's fun and it's it's a pretty simple game. I think. I mean, the, the weight is a three point one, which isn't you know super low. But anyone I've introduced this game to has enjoyed it, but also not had difficulty picking up the you know the gameplay. The challenge with so I love Castles of Burgundy. The mechanics of how to play are super simple. The challenge becomes in how many buildings there are, yeah, and all that, and you have and you the have science to, and the buildings, yeah. And yeah. I and I honestly say that that that's one of the things I, I get slightly frustrated about, like having to and I haven't played it in six months. I have to keep going back to that book and going, okay, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? But I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite games, so that's like a very small complaint. Yeah, it's great. And if we're looking at if we did actually have a, a Stefan Feld category, which I guess that kind of is this. 
obviously there's a ton of options there too. Yeah. You know, there's a La Isla could be one that you can consider. Uh, Bruges is one that's that's been a big hit to people that I've introduced to. Um, oh, there's so many. Your, games, your favorite. Man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite is for okay. sure. I thought you were gonna say uh, Trajan for forum. Forum <laughs> Trajan for forum. <laughs> so so far in this episode, we know that I can speak English and I can do math. Those are I two really like the new form Trajanum. Yes, <laughs> that's what it's called. I quite like that game. Wow, um, man, I'm gonna have to edit out a lot nope. of my dumb comments this episode. Never, never. All right, All right let's forum Trajanum. <laughs> All right, let's take this list to outer space, baby. It's going through the atmosphere. You like that segue? All right, I like it. All right, so here's Twilight a game. Twilight Imperium. No, nope, that's, that's not it. It's ranked number four overall on Board Game Geek at the moment. A game that I absolutely love by Jacob Frizelius, if I said that correctly. And that is, most people probably know right now, Terraforming Mars. Yep. Terraforming Mars, man, You, it is so thematic. You are. He's Dean's laughing weirdly right now. I guess because of his yep that he just I said into the no, microphone. No, I just can't get over the Trajan before <laughs> Trajan before him. Not sure what was going on there. It's early. It is really early, actually. So I should have said Mariforming Tars, and then maybe we could. It would have been some. And then add another you, syllable in there. Yeah, that's Anyways, with terraforming Mars, it's so thematic. You're terraforming a new planet. You're doing this mostly by card actions. You're putting tiles out on the planet Mars, and you're these corporations, and you're vying for you know having the most cities and, and, and the and the parks and all these things. It's just super fun. And I like card-driven games. And man, it flows so well. It's a 3.24. That's another thing is I've taught this to people who don't who aren't heavy gamers. And they have I mean some of them get overwhelmed because all the amount of cards. But for the most part, people have picked it up reasonably well. And this is just one of my favorites of all time. I love Terraforming Mars. Mic yeah, drop. I totally agree with that. Uh, I mean, I guess there there are some other games that could uh, could be placed in this spot, but it just does so many different things. The card play is just there's a lot of war games and stuff that are card heavy card driven games. That's and stuff true. Like Twilight Struggle, but that's true. That's true. But this, I think, for me, for when me, you're looking like at the, these type better. of games, is a no brainer, honestly. And it's it it feels more complex than that, but it's like you said. With once you kind of get the idea of what the cards say, um, and, and kind of get some of the, you know, some of the terminology down. But honestly, I just there's not much though. That's, that's the true. beauty of yeah. terraforming yeah. Mars. I was thinking more so on the board, like yeah, not not true. necessarily on the cards, but you know, on like the the milestones and that's true. And, you yeah, know. but again, not complex. There's and there's yeah. I mean, I just I mean my the, I wouldn't say the best part, but one of the great parts about it is if you can read, you can almost play terraforming Mars. That's the cool thing about card driven games, especially ones that are actually well written and I feel like this yeah. one's very well written it tells you exactly what you can do you can do it now there's a lot of choices and people could get overwhelmed at the beginning but uh, it's fun I, I really enjoy this game fantastic I enjoyed it as well alright so our next game is Monopoly and uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope it's not it did not make our list uh, maybe just outside the, the <laughs> just 10 outside list the top um, 10. so the next one I would say this one might be the, the most I don't know if controversial is the right word to put here, but this is the one that for us is an essential oh, yeah. in our collections because we love it so much. Area but control. I could see lots of it. people saying that this is not, you know, this would not make their, their 10 essential list. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's area control game. This is Eric Lang at his finest. 
Blood Rage, which the is rage. just for us uh, an amazing game. I love this game. I know John does too. We love this game so much. This kind of fills that that niche of of area control. There's card drafting. Uh, yeah. There's just you know just battling it out by flipping cards over and you know. But but really the crux kind of comes in the card drafting and kind of sticking to a strategy. Yeah. And but that's all you do. You draft cards. You put dudes out on a map. They battle it out. You win points by by fulfilling quest cards and by winning battles, things like that. So um, for us, we love this game. Yeah, I mean, what I like so much about terra—I mean, not terra. I'm looking at the terraforming Mars. <laughs> what I like so much about Blood Rage is I can play a two and a half hour game of Blood Rage. And it's like watching an amazing movie where you are so sucked in. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel... You're like, are you kidding me? We just played for th- even three hours of Blood mm. Rage? Because it's... You are on this very small map. And all your guys are right there with everybody else. It's so tension-filled. Yeah. Like, you're watching the other players make moves. You know what I mean? Like, even though you're not doing anything... You, you may be playing with four players, but I'm, but they could be marching in on you. Yeah. They could try to go for a territory, which then you can jump in on. So, you can't just... I don't know, man. It just really, like almost no other game for me, it just sucks me in. Yeah. And I just, two, three hours go by and I'm like, okay. And it's pretty, it's fairly simple. You can, and I'm going to caveat by this, caveat that by saying this game doesn't take that long if you know the game well. It's a 60 to 90 minutes. I think it's definitely more than 60 minutes with with like the full range of people, which I think you... Having a larger group makes this game that much more fun I think I, and more thematic. I mentioned the two and a half because Cinematic. I've played this a lot with Cinematic. newer. With I've taught this to a lot of people, and so when you're teaching to new people, what is happening? I just keep talking. When you're Thematic, teaching it to new, cinematic is what I was trying to say. Right? <laughs> okay. There we go. Man, my words this morning. Wordplay. So anyway, what I was saying is uh, the reason that I said two and a half hours is because I've taught to a lot of new people, and it does take that long generally when you have new folks. Yeah, playing. oh yeah, for sure. But you're right, yeah. an hour and a half or so like that, if you everyone knows what they're doing and they're rocking and rolling, and man, it's a just a, just a such a fun packed hour and a half, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love, I love Blood Rage. Yeah, and when you look at some other games that could kind of fill this uh, this category, so I was we were kind of thinking area control, but really Strong thematic game is is another thing that we were thinking yeah. about. So one of them that that I, John hasn't played yet and might not make his list anyway, but like a, a Zombicide is one that I enjoy oh, for yeah. that for the same reason. Zombicide is not a it's not a very heavy thinky game or anything like that. It's just fun. Like let's go, you know, mow some zombies down stuff like that. But I would say if if this theme doesn't appeal to you, Godfather theme might not appeal to you either. Although I think that's a fantastic game. But there's uh, there's Kemet, there's Cyclades, and, yeah. and Inish. Some kind some of really on good map on there. there. There's some really good ones. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know what? Even if the if it doesn't appeal to you, give it a shot. I've actually I didn't think that my wife would like Blood Rage, but she actually quite enjoys it. Mm-hmm. So and it, it's she just because um, I didn't know if she would like the take that serious take that of Blood Rage, but you no, know, she really enjoys it. So there are some nasty cards in this game. Oh yeah, uh, but but once that's the other thing. It's best if you know the card so you know what's coming and you're not surprised with, you know, oh, I didn't know that card was in the game. Yeah. Once you get past that phase, it's phenomenal. That's correct. 100%. All right. So the last game on our list is by Matt Gertz. It is ranked 18th, sorry, 17th strategically, 18th overall on Board Game Geek. It's a game that Dean taught me and I remember I went, that's pretty fun. And then I played it again and I was like, that's really fun. 
And then every other time I play this game, I consistently go, this is this game is smooth as butter. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it and is. And that is Concordia. I, you know, and, and this is one that I could totally get people saying, eh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, th- I, this wouldn't make my list. But I'm telling you, this is just such a well-designed game. It is very, I think that I gave this a 9 out of 10 on a previous episode. It's a 10 out of 10 for me now. Wowzers. So I just, I just spoiled that for when we look back in the future. But it really is. I just love Concordia. And, and they have Salsa and they have Venus now, which I really want to play the two-player versus two-player version of yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. I haven't played, I've got, I've tried the new maps, but I haven't done that part of it. And it's just fun. I love card-based actions. I don't know. Let me just let you go because I just get going. Yeah, and this has that. Uh, this has the deck building element as well. It's a mm-hmm. different kind of deck building game, um, yep. and it's and it's not like the fullness of the game. Uh, I okay. I fully expect we're about to do a, a top fifty list here, like our top fifty of all time. Yes. I fully expect you to just keep moving Concordia up until that's your number one game. That's it. Might be. That's what I'm thinking. It could be. It it's it's a it's. I have no bones about saying that it's going to be top 10. Yeah. That's yeah. a spoiler alert on that. <laughs> but you're right. I think this is fun and it's it it, it fills a lot of different um, a lot of different it ticks a lot of different boxes um, for different categories, but but really the the word that I often hear to describe this game is elegant and I yeah. think that really is a great word to describe this game. It's just a lot of fun and smooth. Smooth as butter, as it is. Say. I mean, it. Yeah, I, and this is one of those games that you. Some people may be like, I don't really know why, but it's a great game, and I think it's just because everything comes together wonderfully. Like you said, it's got a little drafting, it's got a little um, card. I mean, it's got your actions are based on the card. You're moving your guys and your ships around and exploring and it's taking over the cities. You've got to manage your resources and the way that they manage that on the thing that when you spend colonist you get I mean it's just there's just a lot of really great things that all come together and it's not all that overly complex either. No, 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 not at all. But you have a lot of decisions to make in the process of the game. So Yeah, this surprisingly can be a can be a brain burner, um, for sure. And I've played with people that have taken a decent amount of time (laughs) to take their turns on this game. But anyway, that is our Ten essential games. There it is. Let's. I'm gonna rip through them. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Code names: Carcassonne, Dominion, Seven Wonders, Pandemic, Viticulture, Castles of Burgundy, Terraforming Mars, Blood Rage, Concordia. Yes. So, couple things. If you're new to gaming and you don't have a collection, definitely consider some of these games, or even some of the ones you know, some of the honorable mentions that we threw out along the way. Um, There's lots of other games that we didn't even throw in there. Azul. you know those type of, of abstract games like an Onitama or something like or that, a, or or Caverna or Agricola or sure. one of those uh, Rosenberg games that those are really fun as well. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of games that we could have said, but just I think this is maybe a helpful starting point. Or if you have a large collection and some of these games haven't been on your radar, definitely consider them because every one of these I think are are just great games. They don't fit everybody's list. Um, but for us, they they tick a lot of those boxes. So anyway, that is our ten essential games, not our top ten. Um, that's going to do it for episode number seventeen. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. Get in touch with us on Instagram, on Twitter, we're at Meepletown Games, uh, Facebook at Meepletown Games. Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our channel. That would be super helpful. Dean, what uh, Super Punch Fighter he talked about earlier. 
and we're going to be, um, we're also going to be, we're, we're putting out videos almost every week at this point, at least every other week. As much as we possibly can. Yeah. And I've got, <laughs> we've got some traveling and stuff like I, I, I'm going to be traveling this week and stuff. So it's, it's a little bit hard sometimes, but I say that to also say Dean mentioned the top 50, we're going to be doing the video of our top 50 games in conjunction with the podcast. So anyway, that's how you can get in touch with us. Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Town.